club members. I'm Kate. And I'm Ariana. And welcome back to another mini-sode where we talk about whatever the hell we want. And usually it's a good time. We're always having a good time over here. We hope you guys enjoy whatever we're talking about today. I don't know what we're talking about because Ariana is in charge today. <laughs> I love surprising Kate. She always gets so excited. <laughs> I love it. It's like I get to unwrap a present. I'm so excited. <laughs> All right, this one's pretty heavy. Oh, no. (laughs) That's part of your presence. It's like I'm excited but also horrified. Yeah. It's like it could be a regular present or it could be like Nightmare Before Christmas. I open it and there's like a snake in it. (laughs) You never know. (laughs) This one, we are talking about near-death experiences. (gasps) That is fucking cool. How do you think of this? You're the coolest. It's because I've been re-watching Midnight Mass. I actually just <gasps> finished it today. Oh, my God. We have to... Okay. We have to talk about that later. Yes. It's amazing. I watched there it last year. I wanted to re-watch it to kind of get into the spirit of Fall on Halloween. And this uh, mini episode was actually inspired by one of my favorite scenes in the series, which wow. is obviously no spoilers, but there's a scene where the two main characters are discussing what they think happens when they die. And the discussion is a little bit spiritual, but also mostly scientific. And it's a very realistic discussion of death Mm -hmm. um, compared to other discussions of death that usually happen in movies or TV shows. Yes, which tend to be very um, romantic, I feel like. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I think feel like it gets romanticized by most movies. Yeah. I know exactly what scene you're talking about because I watched that on my honeymoon <laughs> with Nick. Literally in Greece. Wait, did you? Yeah, literally in Greece. And we had started Midnight Mass before our wedding. <laughs> oh, God. Then we got married, went to Greece, and we're like, can we? I know we're in Greece, but you want to just fire it up? And he's like, yeah, I really, I really want to. <laughs> so good. We watched all of it. <laughs> yeah, the last two episodes are amazing. So if you're watching Midnight Mass or if you start watching Midnight Mass and you're like, I don't know if I want to finish it, finish it. It's so good. Hang in there. It's worth it. You even, because I, I suggested it to you. I texted you like right after I finished it. And you were like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I really like it. I'm like, please stay with it. Yeah. I think I watched the first episode and I was like, eh. But once you get into the character development, it really addicts you. And then the last couple episodes, it's like pure horror and it's amazing. Absolutely. And, yeah. and it inspired this minisode. So it's done a lot for us. Thank you, Mike Flanagan. <laughs> So I will play the clip, I think, at the end of this episode um, for the listeners. They can understand the vibe and why it inspired me to research this further. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. But have you heard of the concept of your life flashing before your eyes when you die? I have, like, in movies. Yeah. Like, in fake movies. a huge part of pop culture. We've all seen the montage that accompanies these scenes in movies. Yeah. Um, So I went a little bit more into, you know, what the characteristics were of near-death experiences and, you know, people's experiences and uh, what they report having seen. Um, But most people report like an out-of-body experience, um, the perception of a long tunnel with like this mystical light at the end. Really? That's that's like a real thing? I thought that was It's a real thing. I know. (gasps) Me too. It's crazy. Whoa really intense and generally positive emotions encountering deceased loved ones like harry potter yeah oh yeah that's a good one um and a choice to return to their lives sometimes too oh my god Mm -hmm. um so about half of near-death experiences involve an out-of-body experience 
which oh. involves people seeing and hearing things outside of their physical bodies. Sometimes people that are undergoing CPR can accurately describe details and words that are said during their CPR event. Oh my God. Which is crazy. That, I had no idea. Yeah. It kind of makes sense to me though. Like, I don't know if you've ever undergone like anesthesia, um, but. I have, yeah. People will wake up and not have any recollection of things that they've done or said. And it's just like a very, I don't know. It's just, you're just so disconnected from your physical body. It's crazy. But like, I didn't, like I've, I've had anesthesia twice and both times I had, like, it was just like, I woke up and I was like, where am I? Oh, really? Like I didn't remember. I didn't remember anything. Oh, wow. Didn't know where I was. I was trying to drive the car. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Oh, I was God. like, I can drive home. They're like, you certainly cannot. <laughs> oh, God. Interesting. So the, I didn't know that there was like, I don't know, anytime people say any, because I'm not a religious person. <laughs> I'm very not religious. And so anytime I hear anything like seeing a light or the, all those books because I'm from a very religious community so anytime there was a book that was like written by some schmo who said that they had like they met God right right as they were dying or whatever I just immediately discount any of those stories as bullshit it's hard not to yeah but you're saying there's like some yeah some fact some stats right so there is a guy who does research with near-death experiences and he has like an online presence and he has people write in and report what they've seen and heard during their near-death experience and the vast majority of people do report a long tunnel with a light at the end and they also report seeing their deceased loved ones and sometimes the deceased loved ones they don't even know they're deceased so it's like someone that they used to know that they then see during their vision and don't even know if they're alive or dead but then later find out that they were deceased (gasps) dude how do you explain that it's crazy I don't like when there are things that we can't explain also it makes me uncomfortable (laughs) dude I know it's incredible like looking further into this my mind was exploding the entire time I actually bought a book on Amazon because I was like I want to learn more about this but really yeah that's really cool it's insane but Yeah, so they do basically like retrospective studies and case studies, and it's insane how similar everyone's near-death experiences um, were. But a lot of people will undergo like a life review of the highly emotional parts of their lives. Flashing before their eyes. Right, exactly. So people will report that the meaning of their life is presented to them. And during this period of time where they're having this flashback, people also report memories of experiencing other people's perspective and that they're like aware of the thoughts and feelings of the people around them during their memories. You know what this sounds like? What? It sounds like whenever people, the research that has been done recently into people who are dying, so who have terminal illnesses, cancer patients specifically, who they, they then give them... Um, psychedelic mushrooms yeah very controlled experience and where they're like blindfolded they're laying on the bed they have like people there with them and it's like in a clinic setting and they say the same thing it's like all of them are experiencing this like out of body this acceptance of death this experience of other people's emotions around them yeah that's exactly true and that kind of goes back to the scene in midnight mass because he actually talks about a specific molecule called Um, DMT, which is a a protein that exists in your brain, but really in any cell in your body naturally. And they've isolated it and they found it to be 
very common in, you know, drugs that are psychedelic drugs and it produces like a similar experience to LSD, but it's very much an out of body experience and you feel connected to everyone and everything. And they call it the spirit molecule. I don't really go a lot into it in this episode because a lot of the research that I found, I feel like there's not enough overt concrete research yet on exactly where it comes from or you know, what exactly it produces, but right now it's more of retrospective studies on near-death experiences that we have a lot of research on, which is cool. Yeah, that's more interesting to me. Yeah, that's so crazy. All right, I want to know more. Tell me more. Tell me all of it. Yeah. (laughs) Read the book right now, (laughs) right here. So I have a quote from a near-death experience survivor. Um, He goes, I went to a dark place with nothing around me, but I wasn't scared. It was really peaceful there. I then went to see my whole life unfolding before me like a film projected on a screen from babyhood until adult life it was so real I was looking at myself but better than a 3d movie as I was also capable of sensing the feelings of the persons I had interacted with through the years I could feel the good and bad emotions I had made them go through whoa I think it's crazy how people report feeling the emotions of other people during a memory yeah like I didn't know that that, like, I wish we could harness that power and just like yeah. inject empathy into people. <laughs> Take yeah. your empathy pill. Be nice. I wonder if it is something like people do have empathy in the moment. It's just, you know, on the back burner yeah. during the memory. And then for whatever reason, this experience, it's brought out. It's like different parts of your brain. Yeah. Which one's the most, which one is like, like at the front of your brain? Which one are you yeah. conscious of and it's just like changing which part of your brain and which part of your thought processes and your consciousness is the most present at that time. exactly that's crazy it is really weird um here's another quote i could individually go into each person and feel the pain that they had felt in their life and i was allowed to see that part of them and feel for myself what they felt oh my goodness yeah heavy mm-hmm. my heart I don't know if yeah. I want that. <laughs> I just, maybe I just want to block out and be done. I know it's gone. like too much. <laughs> oh, that's heavy. That's so many emotions. Yeah. People also report experiencing very long memories and short amounts of time and yeah. vice versa. I thought that was a movie thing. Right. So there's theories that this experience, a near-death experience, doesn't follow the rules of time or space. So it kind of is similar to dreams, like how you could fall asleep for like three minutes and have like a really long dream or at least what feels like a really long dream. Yeah, you're right. Because like I, I have definitely taken like a, a nap and been like I was asleep for five hours. Exactly. Like it's I so had a weird. whole adventure. <laughs> it changes your perception of time, I think. That's trippy. I, who knew death could be so trippy? I know. Do we know how these people are like near dying? I don't I feel like not that many people like near die. Yeah, yeah. Like, what is near death? Right. I actually have a a story next that kind of defines it. So there's a story of a 16-year-old boy named Tony Coffey who was working part-time with a construction company in Nottingham, and he fell from the third story of a building and blacked out. (gasps) And in his mind's eye, this is a quote, in my mind's eye, I saw many, many things, children I hadn't even met yet. What? Friends that I had never seen, but are now my friends. The thing that really stuck in my mind, though, was playing an instrument. And so when he woke up in the hospital, he reported feeling like he was a completely different person and felt like he knew that the images represented his future. 
So later he saw a picture of a saxophone and immediately recognized it as the instrument he was playing in his vision. (gasps) He bought one with the money that he got as compensation from the fall. And now Tony Coffey is one of the UK's most successful jazz musicians. Oh my God. It's crazy. That feels almost like Disney movie, like soul level, like what is your purpose (laughs) kind of shit. Yeah. I guess if you were a skeptic, you would be like, is this a self-fulfilling prophecy? Which totally could be a thing, but it seems kind of random. I don't really care. (laughs) Yeah. I think, I still think it's really sick regardless, but I think that the fact that it's just this overwhelmingly positive experience for these people. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. very, very interesting. Like, how That's would cool. he, like, he didn't even recognize, he's like, he didn't even know what instrument it was. He's like, it was just an instrument. Yeah, I guess he saw an image of it, but his brain didn't, like, recognize it as a saxophone until later when he saw the picture of a saxophone and he was like, That's what I saw in my vision. That's wild. Yeah. And now he's a saxophone jazz musician. Jazz and now musician. he's one of the, yeah, he's the UK's most successful jazz musician. And he That's won, crazy. yeah, he won a couple of awards too. Oh my God. Okay. Wow. So I just need to like almost die and then I'll just (laughs) go be a jazz musician. Yeah. People say that the near death experiences change the time and space continuum because it's like you can have your entire life flash before your eyes in two minutes, but you can also potentially see the future. (gasps) I want to see the future. (laughs) That's what I want to (laughs) do. I don't know if I want to experience all of the emotions of my life because there are way too many. I know. It's unbelievable. The one thing that I think is really, really nice is when people have near-death experiences and they see their deceased loved ones. Oh, I want to know more about that. that. That's what I want. I want that. Yeah. I'm on TikTok, obviously. And For sure. <laughs> if you guys aren't on hospice tiktok then are you even on tiktok are you on hospice tiktok (laughs) so i saw this hospice nurse who was talking about her experiences and she was saying that up to the weeks and days of people dying they'll frequently start seeing and talking to deceased loved ones as if they were right in front of them and she has no explanation but it happens super commonly Mm -hmm. well like the skeptic in me is like Sounds like Alzheimer's or like cognitive decline. So there's studies where people who report seeing their family and loved ones that are deceased, they will give them a lucidity test after they start talking to their deceased loved ones to find out if they're lucid. And most people are lucid when they are talking to their deceased loved ones. That is freaky. Yeah. And they're just casually talking to them. It's like they're in a different plane. Exactly. So they are seeing and talking to their family members. The most common family member to be seen is a mother. And then the second most common is a father and then (laughs) siblings and then grandparents and then pets. I'm like, I want to see every single pet I've ever had all at once. I don't want to think too hard about it or I'm going to start crying. I'm literally tearing up. (laughs) Yeah. So I have a quote from someone who saw his pet in a near-death experience. I'm going to cry. (laughs) he said as I raised my head up from the ground to look around I saw my deceased dog from my childhood bounding towards me no it was overwhelmingly wonderful I felt completely at peace and totally happy I was excited to see her again and I did not question the experience at the time it was as if she never died and had always been waiting for me to wake up from my nap in the grass stop it right now I can't it's so so cute 
I would literally run straight into the light. <laughs> don't, don't, They'd be don't like, do, do you want to go back to Earth? And you'd be like, nah. Fuck nah, man. <laughs> Over the rainbow bridge I go <laughs> to dog heaven. Take me with you. I'd go to cat heaven, I think. Oh, yeah. For sure you'd go to cat heaven. So I have another quote from a hospice nurse. She said, I've seen patients sit there and have a conversation in front of me with someone I couldn't see. I had one particular patient. It was hours later she had passed away. She was describing angels in the hallway saying, look how beautiful they are. They're beautiful in their white gowns. Oh. Yeah. I just, the only thing I, I want to know, I want to see, I want these people to see images that are not classic Okay, that's Biblical literally images. the next thing that I'm going to talk about. <laughs> I have <laughs> the next thing I'm going to talk about. Skeptics might say the reason we're all having the same experiences is because these ideas are integrated in pop culture. Yeah. Well, maybe not. So they have studies that show that children that are less than five years old have the same visual content and experiences as adults who have had near-death experiences. These are children who had near-death experiences? Yeah. So less than five years old who have had little to no religious experience and little to no exposure to pop culture are having the same content near-death experience as the adults. Uh, I believe you. I believe you. There was not a second of my Mississippi life that I was not immediately exposed, steeped in Christianity. Oh, really? <laughs> and like, oh, yeah. Like, we young. They started But what about, really like, the tunnel of light and things like that? Yeah. Like, you're going towards the light, you seeing your deceased loved ones. Going towards the light, no. But, like, angels and gowns with, like, wings and, like, clouds and stuff like that. Yeah, I knew about that very, very early. Sure, sure, sure. But like seeing my deceased loved ones and stuff. Right. I think the biggest thing that people report is out-of-body experience. That's like half of people who have these experiences will report that. And then the second most common is a a really long tunnel with bright light at the end. That's wild. Yeah. And how do I know, you know, it's presumptive of me to say, oh, well, these people are only seeing that because that's what they've been told they're going to see but maybe that's why they were told that they were going to see that is because someone else saw that exactly and they have a huge registry of people who have had experiences that will fill out a questionnaire and so there are people who have been studying this for years and years and it's crazy how similar they all are but at a bare minimum they have proven that cardiac arrest survivors are statistically more likely to have a reduced fear of death, mm-hmm. increased belief in consciousness after death, an interest in the meaning of life, acceptance of others, and more empathy overall. Whoa. I'm, I'm like more afraid of death now. <laughs> like it's, Why? It's, it's much more intimidating. <laughs> like 20 minutes ago, I was definitely like, yeah, you die and everything is just gone and you're, you're just gone and that's it. And I'm like, oh shit, am I going to see my grandma? Like, do I need to be on my best behavior? Because my grandma will be upset if I do not have earrings in my hair, earrings in my ears, <laughs> in my hair, either whatever style is appropriate, which it's whatever is in style, <laughs> which she'll know. for death. Yeah, she'll know because I remember whenever my hair was curly and she's like, curly's out. I'm like, that's literally what, okay. (laughs) 
And then gave me, she gave me frizz serum, grandma. I don't think she'll care what your she, hair looks like when you're entering She's going to be like, you need to, we're going to the pearly gates and your hair is in a ponytail. You can only wear your ponytail one day a week. So I guess you picked today. I guess that's today. <laughs> I, that's intimate. Are you not like intimate? I'm like scared a little bit. The last thing I'll say about this topic is that there's actually a new case study that came out in February of this year from the University of Louisville. Um, It was an 87-year-old seizure patient, and he was on an EEG um, to monitor for seizure activity. Uh And while he was on the EEG, he actually had a heart attack and passed away. (gasps) So for the first time, scientists were able to record the brain activity of a dying human brain. That's a big deal. It's incredibly cool. The brainwaves that they recorded around death were specifically a type of brainwave called gamma brainwaves. And those are the ones that they have linked to people while they're dreaming and meditating and remembering. Oh, my God. So it's like the first time where we have concrete evidence instead of just anecdotal evidence that people are seeing flashes of their life as they're passing away. Isn't that crazy? I, I can't. This is too much. <laughs> this is way I too told much. You it was, I told you it was a heavy topic. <laughs> oh, my God. You're, like, changing the way I think of consciousness and death, Ariana. This is supposed to be a mini episode. <laughs> oh, my God. You're fucking with my perception of life and death. <laughs> so do you think that people are conscious during you know, while they are passing away? And if you do, do you think it's because of something spiritual or something more concrete like neurotransmitters? I don't think that they're mutually exclusive is what I think. I agree. I think that you can believe both. I think that, and I've talked to my, my dad and I talk about this a lot because my dad is not religious, but he's quite spiritual. He believes in a God. He believes in an afterlife. Uh, and he also like he studied biology has a degree in biology and he and I talk very all the time about like even though we're discovering more and more because again I'm from the deep south where scientific discovery they it's seen as a threat to Christianity and a threat to religion and they argue which one do we teach children like you can't teach about evolution that was a big thing when I was growing up is we weren't allowed to talk about evolution in my public school not getting into that Well, we weren't allowed to talk about evolution because it conflicted with the Christianity mindset of creation. And so there was evolutionism versus creationism. And my dad was like, that's stupid. I believe both. Like, I believe it. Yeah. He's like, it strengthens my faith whenever I see how incredible these things that he believes God has created, these like microbes, like at the bottom of the ocean that can live in these in- insane temperatures and how that has spawned life in the ocean and how we came from other beings. He sees it very much as a spiritual and religious thing. Well, God created evolution. Yes, essentially. God, like this was all his plan. Yeah. So I I don't think they're mutually exclusive. I think that the brain can do things and you can see things that could be very spiritual and could have a very spiritual foundation, but they're still going to be represented on an EEG as active parts of that brain because you are literally having those reactions in your brain and that's how you're seeing things so even though i i still don't you know i'm still i'm still atheist after this conversation but it uh, it's 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 strange i think that you can have a spiritual experience as you're passing away becoming back part of the earth because that's yes. how you started and that's your brain acknowledging that 
And just because we see evidence of that on a brain test doesn't mean that it's not a spiritual experience. Exactly. Yeah. No, I agree completely. And to be honest, I feel like that scene in Midnight Mass explains it perfectly. Wow. This is some deep shit, Ariana. (laughs) My my heart... (laughs) <laughs> feels like it weighs 800 pounds on my chest whoa that's crazy and I definitely want to borrow that book <laughs> yeah done with it it's gonna be it. it's gonna be really heavy but I'm excited oh my god wow this is nuts this is gonna ruin my whole day <laughs> subject you and all the listeners to this existential crisis <laughs> that's exactly what it is I'm having an existential crisis right now Whoa, I'm going to need to go like blog about my feelings. I need to go get my feelings journal. (laughs) Anyway, that's all I got. Thank God. I can't take much more of this. That is fascinating stuff, though. That is really crazy. And we're going to I really do want to borrow that book. And I want to talk about this more. Yeah. Uh, And club members, if you are someone that, you know, has had like a near death experience, I would love to hear about it. Would love to know more about it. And if that it's congruent with what Ariana is seeing, because people are, it sounds like people still see, there's a lot of similarities, but there's a lot of differences. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm interested to hear more. Yeah. Tell us more. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, I'm going to go uh, get my feelings journal and maybe like a shot of tequila, but <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so much. Whew. Well, that's all we have for you guys today. We love you, stay safe, and stay spoopy. Stay spoopy. What happens when you die? When I die, my body stops functioning, shut down. All at once or gradually, my breathing stops, my heart stops beating. Clinical death. And a bit later, Five whole minutes later, my brain cells start dying. But in the meantime, in between, maybe my brain releases a flood of DMT. It's a psychedelic drug released when we dream, so I dream. I dream bigger than I have ever dreamed before because it's all of it just the last dump of dmt all at once and my neurons are firing and i'm seeing this firework display of memories and imagination and i am just tripping (laughs) really tripping balls because my mind's rifling through the memories you know long and short term and the dreams mixed with the memories and it's a curtain call dream to end all dreams one last great dream as my mind empties the fucking missile silos and then i stop my brain activity ceases and there is nothing left of me pain No memory, no awareness that I ever was, no. That I ever hurt someone. That I ever killed someone. 
everything is as it was before me. And the electricity disperses from my brain till it's just dead tissue. Me. Oblivion. And all the other little things that make me up, they... Microbes and bacteria and the billion other little things that live on my eyelashes and my hair and my mouth and on my skin and in my gut and everywhere else, they just... Keep on living and eating. And I'm serving a purpose. I'm feeding life. And I'm broken apart, and all the littlest pieces of me are just recycled, and I'm billions of other places, and my atoms are in plants bugs, the animals, and I am like the stars that are in the sky. There one moment and then just scattered across the goddamn cosmos. <laughs>